Like when I'm either super high emotionally or super low, I look back at episode one. I look back at episode 100. I look back at my own journals of like, I wanted to have a podcast agency with five clients. And now that's like, it's wild. Shiny object syndrome is when things are good, you want to go celebrate. You want to go hang out with your friends and you want to go to this barbecue and you want to go to this speech and you want to do all this stuff. But what starts to happen is by the time you notice the momentum losing and the planes start to decline, you're like, oh no. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you five episodes a week, four of which are solo episodes with Kevin and I, and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer, of The Playbook Podcast. Amy, what's happening? Sorry, I almost let you. I almost left you. Hey. What's going on? Um... Question. Sure, What's sure. the best way to help others realize their habits are really hurting them from your perspective and because you love them, ultimately negatively impacting you? I, you ever seen, um, wow. you ever seen a Christmas story? Is it a Christmas story? No, not a Christmas story. Taryn would be so angry at me that I can't remember this movie. It's the movie about, um, there's a guy who owns a bank and he, dies spoiler alert but not really and it's like a ghost who shows him what his like his life would be like without him mm-hmm. do the opposite show this person what their life would be like if they continue doing the things that they're doing like if it's alcohol that think of it this way you ever seen this the commercials with the people who smoke who don't they have like the throat holes mm-hmm. that's why they're doing it they're showing you what will happen if you continue to do the habits that you're practicing i would do that paint a picture of their future with love obviously. And this is another thing. Do it vulnerably. I think that what a lot of us do is we stand up and we talk down to people rather than getting down on a knee and saying, Hey, I'm just a little bit nervous. I'm scared. I'm hurt. I don't want to see you like this in the future. And I feel like if you keep doing what you're doing, you might end up there. I think you can make as much change with love as you can with fear. This is a great, great, great question. And I'm not just saying that it's unbelievable. Uh, Because all of us have been here. The first thing is leading by example. If if you do not have ground to stand on, you won't be able to be honest when this conversation comes up. Uh, So, for example, if if this person you're referring to ever asked this question, their habits are really hurting them, right? If this person is making bad um, fitness choices, and I keep saying exercise just because it's the most common. We all want to be in better shape, so it's it's very relatable. There's no one out there right now who doesn't want to be in better shape than they are right now. It, it doesn't exist. And that's, it is what it is. So let's say they're making poor health choices and you know that in the long run, they're going to end up sick or, or overweight or maybe have a heart attack or whatever it is. Maybe they're smoking, blah, blah, blah. If you're making poor health choices, you have no ground to stand on and you have no, no way to have an honest conversation with them, really. Unless you're doing what Kevin said and being super vulnerable about your own poor choices. And then you want to team up and maybe make better choices. But if you're making good choices, which I'm going to presuppose in this question, uh, and you love this person, this is going to be challenging. But I've And I've ha- had to start doing this. I don't spend time with people anymore who have habits that are outside of alignment with what I believe is best for me. 
very hardcore. But I I think that I've noticed a shift because if you love this person and they care about you, they'll come to where you're headed, especially when they start to see your results compound. There are people at the beginning of this journey, I talk about it often, who thought Kevin and I were crazy, who made fun of us, who didn't think we'd succeed, who you're going to be Tony Robbins, you're going to be Joe Rogan, like, what are you, crazy? Like, all that stuff, right? And now a lot of those same people have reached out for help because they realize in hindsight, like, wow, there's something to this. They're they're doing something. Like, this is really happening. And so just trust the process and stay in alignment with your highest self at all times, 24-7, 365. You are either in alignment with your highest self or not. I I don't know how else to explain that. It's it's either you're in alignment or you're not. And like what's the delta between your highest self and what your behavior is? Staying in alignment with your highest self and leading by example will give you the ground to stand on when that person is inspired. If they're not inspired by you at all and they don't value you, it's going to be very difficult uh, for you to influence them. And the very last part of this question was basically it's negatively impacting you. If someone else's choices are negatively impacting you, you have to be honest about that. And you won't be able to be honest about that unless you're leading by example. And do it with love, do it with heart, do it with honesty and sincerity, but do it and have the courageous conversation. One of the things I tell my clients early on when they're trying to get clients is you need to understand that you could have the best sales pitch, you could have the best product, you could have the best service, not everybody's gonna buy, just won't happen. I think this is the same thing, and Alan alluded to it, you can't fix everybody. And maybe you can't help everybody. You can tell your truth, you can be honest, and then you can stand your ground, whatever that means, but sometimes you have to create distance. Because not everybody is willing to face negativity and then shift it. So I second what Alan said. Amy? Sorry. I I can never like unmute. Like anyway, whatever. Um, How do you really cherish the small wins? What's the internal and external process you two currently go through and aspire to improve upon? Mostly we don't. We just say more pain. (laughs) No, no, I'm just kidding. Good. Uh, I don't cherish the small wins enough. I've been trying to more, uh, and I do think that I've gotten better at this, especially behind the scenes by myself, when I keep a promise that I make to myself. So for example, this morning I did foam rolling, I did ROMWAD for a full 20 minutes, and then I went for a run, and I didn't have enough time to go to the gym, so I ended up doing a run instead, and I, I wanted to feel really good about that, because obviously I'm moving, and there's a lot of insert excuse here, but the point is, is am I doing all that I can with what I have? That's the question. So how do you cherish the small wins? You have to be proactive and set that intention. When you keep a promise to yourself, you got to give yourself the W. Things become, this is actually why people are inconsistent. At the beginning of a fitness journey, and I was guilty of this too, I remember I was 160 pounds, skinny fat, drank too much and too often. I decided to be a bodybuilder and I started going to the gym every single day, religiously. And at first I felt so good about myself because I was making good choices, I was making positive change, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. And then eventually it started to become normal. Now I've gone to the gym so much and so often that it's so normal that I have to remember to give myself that W. Kevin and I are guilty of this. We don't celebrate the small wins enough. We'll be honest about that. Um, So the second part of the question was, what's the internal and external process you two currently go through and aspire to improve on? I think there's two types of people. 
Some people are really, really good at looking for what's wrong. And some people are really, really good at looking for what's right. And I think all of us need to be more balanced. I am more, I'm better at looking at what needs to improve than I am at what is already great. So I should focus on the thing that's less natural for me so that I'm more uh, centered. And for pe- other people, it's the other way around. Yeah, I, I think, and I second what Alan said, I'm not good at it either, but I would just make it part of your journaling. Go to like a five to one. So if you're somebody who really focuses on improving things and making things better, maybe do five things that you did well and then one improvement point, particularly if it hurts your uh, it hurts your self-esteem. But also understand that all that's happening more often than not is it's the law of familiarity. I remember the first time I got a high ticket client for over $1,000 a month, I called Taryn in the elevator and crying of like, babe, we did it. And I got a $1,000 client today and Alan and I were like, cool, man, strong work. It's just <laughs> what becomes normal becomes normal. a little normal. more than that, but yeah. It was like, it was a knuckle. It was like, yeah, cool, awesome. <laughs> strong work. It, but I think you have to remember that at one point, that was your dream, depending on what the wins are. So I do it more reactively. Like when I'm either super high emotionally or super low, I look back at episode one. I look back at episode 100. I look back at my own journals of like, I wanted to have a podcast agency with five clients. And now that's like, it's wild, you know? So I would say that do it part of your journaling, give yourself five wins for the day, every day and see what happens. Your biggest challenge today might be something that at one point was just a dream. Seven episodes a week is so unreasonably difficult. True story, but it's a dream. So just remember that. Just a dream. I have recently hit a huge burnout. I have a lot of negative talk to myself because I fell off of my good consistent habits. How do I get back to where I was before without the huge burnout? Ooh, I feel you there. I feel you there, whoever you are. So I went, like I said, and this isn't about me, um, I went 90 days in a row without missing a single habit. Then I decided to add like seven habits. And then I did like 30%, 40%, 50%. I think the highest I got, I might've gotten one 100% day. Back to basics. Back to basics. When things are easy, seek challenge. When things are challenging, seek comfort. So I would literally get rid of 70% of your things. Maybe not 70. If you're doing 10 things, drop it down to five and try to do those five. Go back. Go back to the beginning. Sometimes five steps back is for 100 steps forward. And also, don't tie your self-worth to what you're doing particularly when you're not doing well. It's good to feel good about yourself when you're doing good stuff. But understand that life circumstances happen. A shameless plug too. These guys are the absolute real deal. For anyone who's listening to this, Kevin and Alan are the realest guys. They're going to go so far and they're so early in their journey still because I just know how far they have to go. And everything that they teach, everything that they preach and they're doing is the same exact stuff top of the top guys are doing they literally have mimicked it to a piece so i absolutely shameless plug for those guys they have all the greatest intentions to just simply help people grow and want to accomplish their dreams and so i absolutely just want to want to say that and, and, and let you guys know that you guys are doing an incredible job with everything that you guys are doing for just the, the community that you guys are building and, you know i love to see it and you know i can't wait to be able to do more stuff with you guys Alan does not get 100% days. I don't get 100% days. When I'm burnt out, 
I realized that for me personally, it's better to take a full day of R&R so I can get back after it tomorrow. I would listen to what your intuition is telling you of, look, I'm burnt out. Okay. Alan and I talked about this earlier. We came home from Colorado. We had a red eye flight. So we left Colorado at midnight. I didn't sleep on the flight at all. So when we got home to Boston, I had been up for like 30, maybe 30 hours. Something like that, 28 hours. Saturday, I didn't do a damn thing. When I went home, I put my pajamas on and I did nothing because I knew I would be burnt out if I didn't. Understand yourself, give yourself grace when you think you're feeling the burnout come on and then just lower it, lower the bar. What's the minimal amount I can do to just move the needle today? The essentials, I'll second what Kevin said, get back to the basics and the essentials. I believe that life is a constant dance between expansion and refocus. Whoever this person is probably was doing a really good job. And this is the analogy I'll use. I didn't, I've never gotten to do this on the podcast. All right. You start to focus. You start to get momentum. You're, you're a plane on the runway. You start to get momentum. You're like, yeah, awesome. Okay. Little small win, small win, small win. You get momentum. All of a sudden you hit some adversity and you start to overcome those challenges. Awesome. You built momentum and now the plane starts to leave the tarmac. Now you're elevating to new heights. Eventually you reach new heights and guess what happens? New opportunities at that new level. Next level you. At that new level, you get all these new opportunities. All of a sudden you're getting hired to speak or you're getting, you're starting a podcast or whatever. And you start to lose sight on the basic habits that actually got you the momentum in the first place. And you start to get what all entrepreneurs and all people to some extent have, which is called shiny object syndrome shiny object syndrome is when things are good you want to go celebrate you want to go hang out with your friends and you want to go to this barbecue and you want to go to this speech and you want to do all this stuff but what starts to happen is by the time you notice the momentum losing and the plane start to decline you're like oh no and now you all are already have momentum crashing now you're burnt out you're all the way back to ground zero but here's what's even worse now you feel even worse about it because you let it go and who here has ever burnt out and been like, oh my God, I used to be so on point. Oh, sure. And it's perspective. It's like, wow, I was so on point. I didn't even realize it. The key is next time, remember, burnout happens when you lose sight of the fundamentals. So what are your fundamentals? Whoever asked this question, what are your fundamentals? What's the half a dozen things that are the most critical? Put them in a circle and put label the circle, circle of concern. Everything else is secondary. Kevin and I are guilty of this. Mm. We recently had a conversation. We we're like, dude, we got to get back to the essentials. The podcast was suffering. We've started doing, full transparency, we started doing seven episodes a week three weeks ago, and the intro still says five episodes a week. Yep. Why? Because we took on too much. We took on way too much way too soon. We've got a 15-layer business model. Like We have to, don't, Remember, Michael Jordan was practicing the chest pass when he was already world champion. He had six championship rings and he was still practicing the chest pass and his free throws. You can't lose sight of the fundamentals. Yes, he can do a 360 dunk. Yes, he's the best basketball player of all time, but he still practices the basics, the fundamentals. If that's true for Michael Jordan, then it should also be true for you. So um, start small, refocus on the essentials, build momentum again, and this time, don't lose sight of the essentials along the way. And understand that your quote-unquote worst now is probably better than your best used to be. I think that's an important distinction also. Why do you think it's harder to break a bad habit versus a good one? Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to let you go. Uh, the bad habits are the most enjoyable in the moment. So 
there's a concept that I teach my clients that I don't always talk about where basically every decision you make today that feels good in the moment is actually taking a hit of your future self. So for example, um, investing $100 into Apple stock right now, your future gets a win and your present gets a negative. It's an investor's mindset. I have 100 less dollars to spend on Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks and I don't know, a new pair of clothes or whatever. But I invest in Apple and my future self thanks me. Almost every decision is like this and very rarely can you integrate the two. This is just the cold hard truth. Everything that feels good now tends to be bad for you later. And so going to the gym feels like crap now. It's painful, but it's your future's gets a plus. So your future self, I, I do this. I want my future self. This is my future self. And this is my now self. I want my now self to sacrifice. So my future self gets better and better and better because I believe in progress. I went to my 10 year high school reunion with Kevin and not everyone's life goes like that. Nothing against them. Maybe their choices just weren't as investment based. So it's harder to break a bad habit because bad habits are so pleasurable. Bad, ha- bad habits are so pleasurable. I say this on other shows, and this is a, a stark reality that I, I think might trigger people, but I say it because it, it's going to drive the point home. Watching porn might be pleasurable, but it's not going to fulfill you. Having sex with the love of your life in a long-term, committed, monogamous, intimate relationship is pleasurable, but it also is fulfilling. See, one of them is really easy. The other one takes a lot of conscious effort. Having a long-term successful marriage is takes a lot of a relationship. I'm not married yet. It takes a lot of conscious effort. Watching porn takes no effort. Click, click, boom. Right? So again, it might be triggering if you're out there, but that's to answer this question. Bad habits are just easier. They're more pleasurable and easier, and that's why most people have them. And you've been probably doing them longer. I, I've talked about my battle with porn addiction many times on here. Like the first time I ever watched porn, I think it was like seven. So think of 20 years of that, right? Versus three years of not doing it. It's interesting that this came up too. I was thinking today of this. Why is the drinking age in the United States 21, but the smoking age 18? Right. Because if you get drunk behind the wheel, you can crash a car. If you smoke cigarettes, you're most likely not going to die for 30 or 40 years. I think that... That is exactly what it is. It's it's delayed. The the bad habits feel good now and they're hurting you long term. The good habits suck now and they're helping you long term. I think that's the gist of it. You answered it. Amy, we got time for one more. We're gonna hammer it quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yes. Amy has left, so we're gonna just have talk amongst ourselves. I sorry. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. <laughs> How do I eliminate or reduce friction to improve my habits? So it depends on what the actual habits are, but I think, uh, think of it this way. What's easier, not having ice cream in the house or having ice cream in the house and forcing yourself not to eat it? Evan Carmichael does this. He literally has a bag of Doritos next to his desk to prove that he has willpower. willpower. I don't think that's the right answer for most people, but that's what eliminate eliminate the things you want, make them harder to get, make the things that you should be doing easier. So if going to the gym is a struggle for you, put your shoes out the night before, pack your clothes the night before, put your clothes in the car so you actually have them with you, like prep all of that. Um, Less friction with meal prep is order meal prep. 
Like there's a million places out there that do it for you. They'll ship it right to your house. That's a thing. Um, what else? If you're if you struggle with spending too much money, have the money literally taken out of your account before you can spend it and put into a savings account. So yeah, that I would say those kinds of things. Think about like how can I make this bad thing harder? How can I make this good thing easier across the board? There's so many ways to go with this, but we don't have a lot of time because it's seven o'clock. Um, reduce the clutter in your life. I think that's really important. Clean your room, clean your bathroom, room. clean your car. I want everyone out there to start designing their environments for success. So for example, um, I always have my gym bag on my person. Kevin can attest to this. Yes. Always. I actually have a pair of gym clothes here with me. I always have my laptop. I always have a backpack and I always have my gym bag. Why is that? It's because if the mood strikes, I want to be able to go. If the opportunity comes up, I want to have no friction. I also always have my pre-workout with me. I always have my creatine with me. I always have my vitamins with me. My entire life is designed for success. I'm eccentric. I'm over the top with it. You don't have to be like me. But basically, look at your room. Look at your bathroom. Look at your car. Look at your office. Look at the places you spend time and ask yourself, how many triggers here are good for me and how many triggers here are bad for me? And basically just start taking out the bad triggers, 1%, 1%, 1%. You don't have to do a complete makeover. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you. We appreciate you. As you can see here, Alan and I both have spots available. If you are looking for, whether it's podcast coaching, business coaching, whatever it may be, Alan and I can help you. And you might think I can't afford that. I promise we have affordable prices for everybody. We love you. We appreciate you. And as always, we don't have fans. We have family. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.